Thank you for joining the Underground Playground podcast with your hosts, Steve and Mike. We're bringing you the voices and the personalities of the physical culture world, so listen up. Welcome back to the Underground Playground podcast. This is Mike. I'm here with Steve again, and our special guest is Tony Budding. Tony. Hello. What's up, Tony? How's it going, guys? Awesome. Good. Steve, can we hear you? Yeah. Yeah, man. Tony, good to, good to have you on our podcast, bro. It's uh, definitely going to be cool to catch up. I haven't chatted with you in a long time since Grid, so we have a few questions uh, we thought we'd ask you and maybe just kind of chit-chat and see what Tony Budding is doing these days. Yeah, so I want to hear about what he's up to lately because I, yeah, I met Tony back in 2008 at Santa Cruz um, at a little thing out there at a place some of you out there may know. Um, and then he, I saw him again at Grid down by your place, Stephen, in Fort Lauderdale. That was like 2014, I think, or was it? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, 14. Awesome. So there's, so. there's a lot of new, there's a lot of like new uh, listeners that may not know who Tony is. So, Tony, can you kind of start off by giving like a little intro, uh, like your background with, uh, with CrossFit and, and uh, then we'll move into like grid and then kind of what you're doing now with the drone racing and stuff like that. Is that cool? If you just kind of give a little intro, Tony. Sure. Um, so uh, I met uh, Greg Glassman in 2004, in May of 2004. And uh, I wasn't really looking for a new type of fitness. I was learning, I was wanting to, to learn how to do the clean and uh that was before the days of Berg, uh, Coach Bergner. And so uh, we learned the clean with a, you know, empty barbell, 45 pound barbell instead of a PVC pipe. And after about 20 minutes, I couldn't even stand up. My posterior chain was so smoked because you don't train CrossFit, you don't, or, or train functional movement, you don't train your posterior chain. So I was like, all right, well, how do I fix that? It's like CrossFit. I'm like, all right, I'm in. And I uh, did my first 22 minute Helen. And uh, I was off and running. <laughs> that's, like, that's like double. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was the pull-ups. I, I couldn't string together uh, the 12 pull-ups. So uh, by round three, it was, uh, it was pretty slow. Uh, anyway, so then I uh, just got super involved, uh, really motivated by the impact that I was seeing on myself and on others and uh, functional movements, probably why we all got into the game. And um, then uh, after you know, training at the gym. So I was one of the early trainers there at, at CrossFit Santa Cruz, the original. And um, we started, they, we did a few seminars and uh, just kept getting more and more involved. Um, I be, became the first affiliate director with Nicole Carroll uh, in 2005, maybe six. That sounds And good. then um, started working on the seminars more and then uh, got involved on the media side uh, in a pretty heavy way, became the media department in 2007 by myself. And then we grew that um, pretty substantially, as you all know. And uh, the CrossFit Games started in 2007. Uh, the CrossFit Journal switched from a PDF to a website and I was involved in that. And um, then, you know, the game started becoming a pretty large entity. And um, so, you know, I was obviously on the media side of that, but uh, my, I have a background in um, philosophy, specifically in epistemology. And so the question of uh, what is fitness and uh, how do you know and how do you prove it and how do you determine fittest on earth was a fascinating question. And so with Greg and Dave over the years, trying to really figure out how do you test fitness? How do you, um, how do you push the boundaries of what's uh, possible, what's knowable? And then ultimately, how do you make sure that at the end of the CrossFit game season, the man and woman standing on top of the podiums were absolutely without question the fittest man and fittest woman on earth? And so uh, I spent a lot of time uh, thinking and discussing and debating scoring methods, uh, fitness structures, workout structures, um, competition uh, structures. You know, if you look from the 
from the open to the regionals to the games as that evolved? You know, how do we make sure that the right people advance? How do you do the tests in such a way that um, you, you're getting what you think you're getting or what you hope to be getting? And uh, it, was, it was really fascinating and, and uh, it was an incredibly intense experience uh, when we did sectionals. I don't know if you remember that. Back that was in actually, I was a, yeah, Stephen was up there. I was like the head judge in, uh, at Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. I think that was 2009. Yes. Sectionals, that's when um, some guy, I don't know, he won a couple games. I forget his name, but I think he won there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember right? hearing about him. You know, it, every year, oh, you know, yeah. I'd get a dozen people saying, we've got the next, you know, CrossFit Games champion. Right. And every once in a while, someone's right, you know, but you, you hear it a lot with people who aren't. Um, and uh, but so the sectionals was 33 of them, and, and, and every sectional leader uh, was free to create their own scoring system. And I had to oversee that and, and approve every scoring system. That must and, have been a cluster, um, man. Oh, it was a massive cluster. But I learned a lot about what doesn't work. We learned a lot about relative scoring. We learned a lot about, um, you, you know, uh, there, was a, there was a sectional in Texas. I'm not going to remember all the facts. Yeah. But uh, there was a handstand walk in it. And the way that they did the scoring, the handstand walk ended up counting much more than anything else, totally by accident, not intending it to be. But because they had done margins built into their scoring, you know, someone who couldn't walk on their hands, the margins were huge and the difference between those that could. And so someone who should have gone to the regionals didn't get to go. And it really made me very acutely aware of uh, how important scoring is and, and, and setting up your competition with your scoring system in a way to make sure that you are not biased in a way that you don't intend. It's sort of the unintended consequences of different scoring systems that, that I became acutely aware of. And I'm going into all this because um, when, I, when I left CrossFit in 2013 uh, to start GRID, uh, you know, all of that scoring and uh, competition structure was a huge part of why I did what I did and, and, and how the sport got created the way that it was. And now uh, I'm with the Drone Racing League, and it's the third professional sport I've helped create. And, uh, and again, you know, structuring the scoring, stru structuring the, the competition uh, in such a way that makes it um, fun to participate in, uh, that makes it uh, worth watching as a spectator, and that can be followed by somebody who doesn't know they care yet. And so uh, that's kind of been the theme of the last 15 years of my life is uh, how do you convey a new sport uh, to people in a way that they find compelling? Right. People don't realize how, how, how difficult that scoring part is, you know, and I think a lot of it is uh, – trial and error too and and you're I guess you were kind of fortunate in the early days to be able to, to witness that and be a part of it absolutely uh you know they talk about the 10,000 hours of uh something to become an expert yeah. and uh in the early days because we were constantly trying to figure it out and reevaluating and all the different sectionals and regionals and levels and every year we had to reinvent the sport and change the rules and all mm -hmm. this I got an extraordinary education what do you feel? So now, I mean, you, you must have probably staying abreast of CrossFit, what they're doing. And I just got back from the, uh, that 10 year affiliate gathering. Do you know what I'm talking about, Tony? Uh, in, uh, Whistler, Whistler, right. Yeah. yeah. So now, you know, CrossFit direction is the health initiative and kind of putting the games a little bit on the backseat. Greg actually called it a sideshow, And like, I'm actually super supportive of that. Um, but I understand why a lot of affiliates and a lot of people are really hyped up about the sport of CrossFit in the games. What's your feelings on that? Or are you paying attention to it at all? Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm paying attention to it to some degree. Um, I don't get into the minutia, but you know, <clears throat> so, you know, CrossFit in its original form um, is uh, really an, an incredibly brilliant 
I mean, I call Greg the Isaac Newton of fitness, right? So fitness existed before Glassman, but nobody knew what it was, right? right? No one knew how to harness it. No one knew how to define it. Um, and, and, and Greg did the world a tremendous service by, by creating the first empirical definition of fitness and, and, and applying basic eighth grade science to an industry that had never had that before, which is shocking and, and, and dismaying, if really. Um, and, uh, you know, the games were, were just sort of a, a very natural offshoot, right? So if you're defining fitness, well, it makes perfect sense to try to find out who's fittest. Right. And, and, and so it, it, it's, it's an inevitability that there has to be some or that there should be some competition to assess because that's what we do as humans, right? We, we compete in, in anything, everything. Mm-hmm. And um, so, uh, you know, I think that, that there's a place for that. Um, the, the games um, are not CrossFit. Uh, the, the games are an extension of or an aspect of CrossFit. Um, I love the games. Uh, certainly, I, I loved it. Um, when I was there, um, you know, I'd be lying if I said I don't, if I, that I agree with everything that's been going on. I don't, but, but I understand a lot of it. Um, but I think that, uh, well, I know for a fact that there was never any intention for the games to be defined, to be defining of CrossFit. Yeah. It just was a, an activity of, of a natural extension. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, when when Greg first developed this uh, concept of uh, area under the line for defining fitness and then volume under the curve for defining health, uh, I, I would just it, it's so brilliant an approach to health, yes. and uh, it's very difficult to understand, and it's um, it's a very subtle theory, um, but I think it's absolutely brilliant, and so. You know, CrossFit has always been focused on um, fitness, obviously, health, um, functional movement, efficacious movement, longevity. Uh, you know, there's um, – and, 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 and so in that sense, nothing has changed. Yeah, I agree. But uh, um, I feel like there's a little bit of throwing the baby out with the bathwater uh, in terms of the games. But – you know, it's, uh, it's Greg's company and, and, and he's, you know, it's, it's his choice to, to put his emphases where he wants. And I respect that. Um, I do think that there is a, uh, you know, functional fitness, um, competitions in functional fitness are not going away. Right. And, and there's a lot of great things about it, you know, and, and, and I'll, I'll digress here for a second. The main difference between grid as a sport and the CrossFit games or functional fitness competitions is that grid was not trying to assess fitness. It wasn't trying to determine fitness. And so uh, if you, if you have, if you were saying that we are testing for fitness, which is what, the CrossFit games does and what, what functional fitness competitions do, then you, um, you have to test for weaknesses and you have to find the weak links either in a team or in an individual. And uh, that's pretty miserable. Um, it's a, there's a good reason for it, right? I mean, that's what fitness is, is you're, in a lot of ways, it's your ability to tolerate discomfort. But it's, um, uh, it's, it, if you're in a competition, it, it's really about how much misery can you tolerate. And, uh, but with grid, it was about your strengths and, and swapping out and teamwork and strategy and having fun. And so, <clears throat> you know, the, um, it, it, grid could never be used to, to say I'm fitter than you, but from a standpoint of, you know, competitions that uh, people who are, you know, putting in, all the work necessary to become really fit. Uh, it's another avenue, I think, potentially more fun to, to utilize that uh, in a way. And, and so I, I think the future of functional fitness competitions is going to be more varied. There will be some 
that really are trying to test fitness and, and good on them. And there are some that are going to be, you know, much more fun oriented or much more specialized. And I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, just the, the proliferation of, you know, like lower level intermediate beginner type stuff um, based on functional fitness. I mean, it's like definitely huge. And I think you're right. It's not going away at all. I think though that maybe the emphasis on the CrossFit games as being CrossFit as an affiliate owner myself, you know, we kind of worry, some of us worry about that. Like, are we getting too far ahead of ourselves as like us trying to train regular people? Is it scaring them away? But um, I, so that's why I'm a fan of kind of going towards a health initiative, but I also, like you said, I love the games are fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, when, when, when I was in charge of media at CrossFit, we used to put a tremendous emphasis on non-games uh, content, right? Because it's so easy. Because you know these athletes are just so phenomenal, so incredible, so mind-boggling what they can do. Uh, that it it just kind of it's like a you know it's like a car crash, right? Like you just can't not look when when you see these people moving and and continuing to move under incredible duress. Uh, and, and so I, I understand that there is uh, absolutely the risk that people confuse that super extreme, 100% dedication, no deviation from your regimen uh, life. But that's not what most people live, right? I mean, the overwhelming majority of people can't even get close to that, shouldn't even try. It's not for them. So uh, the, the sacrifice, the compromise is too great. So, but, but I think that it, 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 instead of saying, okay, well then let's get rid of that because people are getting confused. Well, just continue to educate and say, yeah. yes, this is the extreme version, but like this is, this came into existence because it is real and it is the best way to move. And if you're going to be exercising you might as well be doing it in a way that's going to give you the benefits that you want Bingo. and so if you go in and you like you read about fitness and you're like yeah the tricep press down on the nautilus machine is the best way to get fit you're really unfortunately wasting a lot of your time so now you know this this there is a better way it's known it's proven now you know in the early days we were the David against the Goliath, and, and, and now it's just absolutely proven to be correct, right? Functional movements at high intensity yep. deliver increased work capacity across broad time and modal domains. It's just a fact. It's a natural law. And so, uh, you know, I think there's, you, you have to continue to educate because there's so much media around these incredible athletes. Mm -hmm. You then, you have to do the work. But I think, I don't think they're mutually exclusive at all. I agree. Well, that, that brings up, I mean, that, and that, you're right. It's not going away. It's not mutually exclusive. Um, and, but yeah, if we can educate people that look, that th those are the, those are the outliers. Right. And, but you can use these same methods to kind of emulate that to some degree in your own fitness. Absolutely. In fact, when, 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 when I first got involved in the games, uh, Craig asked me to, to help um, with the website I was pretty disappointed. I wasn't interested at all. I was in CrossFit because I wanted to help grandparents keep up with their grandchildren and people lose weight and find, you know, just, just the people who were really needing fitness to be able to do their life because they had lost that capacity for whatever set of reasons. And, you know, helping Jason Kalipa shave two seconds off his Fran time wasn't interesting to me. Um, and, but obviously once I got into it, there's a lot to love and, and I, and I, and I got very passionate about the sports side of it, but never losing the other side of it. And I think, you know, um, Greg always talked about the dose response curve yeah. and, um, CrossFit's a, a real dose. And so you have to be very intelligent about how you apply that yeah. to, uh, your various clients and um you know that can be done wrong yeah. and and there is the potential for harm if it's if it's not taken seriously right but if you take it seriously it's it's absolutely the most effective way to do it but it requires it's a balance right it's 
it's not like if X, then Y. It's, you know, how do you navigate all these things? You know, you know how much recovery do you need? How much nutrition do you need? How do you know? Does it change? Are you, you know, is everybody the same? The answer, of course not. So how do you know your stuff? So, I mean, that was one of the things that I loved about it is, yeah. is that there was, it, there's sort of no end to it. You could keep exploring, you know. So yeah, you have functional movements like the squat and the press, but what about gymnastics type stuff? What about the forward roll? I remember doing a seminar on the forward roll and, and, a, and a, a, a special ops and I can't remember which, which division he was in, uh, got so nauseous doing forward rolls that he ended up having to, to not continue with the seminar. And Greg pointed out, like, that's really dangerous, right? So as a, as a, as a military operator, to, to, to get so dizzy from a forward roll, if you're out in the field and you need to roll, like, you, you, you need to, like that can't that can't be the thing that takes you out, right? And so you start looking at like there's so many things that matter in this, and yeah. and there's no there's no end to it. So it's really just this phenomenal opportunity for you to improve your capacity, uh, understand about your body, your physiological symptoms, your mindset. I mean the the human will. Uh, is enormously powerful and, and CrossFit and functional movements and training with intensity develops your will. Yes. Um, and that's one, probably arguably the biggest benefit there is. To keep going, right? Yeah. I mean, no matter does, what all, it is. All the science in the world, all the efficacy in the world doesn't work if you quit. Exactly. So, so the will to continue, the will to persevere, um, uh, it's, 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 it's a huge benefit. Yeah. And embrace, that's, embrace the pain, baby. Well, yeah. so now that like, kind of nice little segue <laughs> about embracing the pain into grid, right? And so now we have the sport across, we have the, the fitness methodology, and then now all of a sudden it manifested into this sport where we test fitness. And then here comes grid. And I know Steven was a coach down there. Um, what was the name of the team? Uh, Miami Surge, bro. Right, that's right, the Miami Surge, right? And Tony, you were doing that. So let, let's get into that a little bit. I want to hear you guys talk about the grid days. You know, I, I, one thing that Tony said that he's 100% right, and when, when, you're, when you're comparing grid to CrossFit, um, you know, when, when, I, when, I, uh, when I picked my team, you know, I wasn't picking a bunch of athletes that I wanted to train to get better. If they weren't good by the time they came to me, <laughs> I was in trouble. Like these people were so talented, you know, and you had to have specialists that were able to, you know, lift heavy and some that gymnastic specialists, utility, you know, there's so many, so many aspects to grid. That's what made it so exciting. And it wasn't like a lot of long drawn out workouts. You're not sitting there watching somebody do double unders for five minutes. <laughs> it's basically you know, get in, tag out, there's strategy involved, you know, you can, you can throw the flag and, and, and basically, uh, you know, if somebody didn't do a rep right, you know, and you're, you can challenge, uh, there was, it was, I'll tell you what, Tony, you know what, I, I, I mention it all the time to Mather, because <laughs> he trains at my gym, if, uh, if this year Grid came out, <laughs> yeah, I think the timing was a little, you know, maybe the timing was a little off, but I, I still think one day, bro, your legacy is going to still live on. Like it's going, something's going to happen, whether it's grid or something similar to grid, because it's just, it's so exciting to watch. And people that are even not really that much into fitness can sit there and watch a grid match, but they're not going to sit there and watch a, a, a three day CrossFit event you know, games event. Not, not that I'm knocking the games cause I, I enjoy it, but it's a, it's totally different in, in my, you know, opinion. Right. So there's, there's, there's grid, the sport, uh, which, which has uh, participation in it. Right. So it should be fun to play, fun to coach, fun to, to, uh, to, to engage with. And then, uh, but in a lot of ways, grid was designed to be a spectator sport and uh, you know, People are busy. There's a lot of different things going on. The number of people, like you said, who are going to be able to, 
to dedicate three days to follow a competition um, is is much smaller than the, the percentage of people who can, you know, go see a two hour uh, sporting event at their local uh, arena. And so um, I think uh, those two are connected, right? The, uh, you know, if, if you're going to be competing in a three day event, you know, and you're really going for it because the competition is phenomenal, you know, you're, you're ruined for a while after that. And uh, in a professional sport or a professional league, you know, you have to be able to have regular matches yeah. to, to be able to, you know, engage the fans. So, that is so true because what ended up happening is the first year we actually uh, picked, um, you know, some of the players and then they had to compete in the CrossFit games, you know, and we tested those athletes in the combines. And then when they came back after the games, they were, they were like not even the same athlete. They were so banged up. We had to actually give them time off because we couldn't test them with certain movements. Some of them were pretty much injured. So we had, we had almost a different team from when we recruited until the, after the games, when they came back from the games, we, we had actually a few that weren't able to even start because they were injured. So, yeah, there is so much truth to what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that, um, I mean, the, the business of the National Pro Grid League, right, that, that was a very, very ambitious uh, effort to create a sports league that was going to rival, you know, the NHL in size. And um, I don't know if it's interesting talk about why, what happened and all that, but um, holding on that for a second, you know, the, the, the sport itself, right? I mean, I think the best way to uh, assess the value of the sport is, is it worth playing? And, you know, the, the, the full version, right, that, that, that we were creating with the NPGL um, is pretty complicated, pretty expensive to operate, you know, especially with the, the ribbon board and the scoring system and all that's involved in that. Um, but that was intended to be that, that large. You know, if you're, if you're talking about a, you know, a local competition or, you know, a bunch of affiliates in an area wanting to get together and support your clients who are training hard, mm -hmm. you know, not necessarily trying to be games athletes and, but just want to have some fun, like you could easily take the concept of a team competition like grid figure out, you know, based on your equipment, your, your facility size, um, what's there, you know, how to have the same kind of competition with strategy, uh, substitutions, um, focused on your strengths, uh, team composition. I mean, that's one of the things really that I think is, is, uh, is, is, is one of the biggest disappointments about grid not, not going is, and we had the 40 plus athlete and, and the co-ed teams and nowhere, nowhere is that um, part of it. But that's one of the amazing things about functional fitness is, you know, a lot of times you couldn't tell who was the 40 plus athlete right. when they were out there because they weren't any slower in nope. the things they were being used on. And, and then, you know, I'll never forget when, um, uh, uh, I, I forget who it was. It might have been Natalie Newhart. Um, uh, in handstand push-ups, beat um, a couple guys to uh, to take home the heat. You know the uh, the the workout win. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, it's like where else does that happen, right? Where where men and women compete on an even playing field, and 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 the women hold their own in a lot of in a lot of elements on on. Sure perfectly even terms it's it's just there's so much there yep oh absolutely yeah i mean if if you're okay with it we'd love to hear in your words you know why why didn't grid succeed what would it, you know what could we have done differently um you know would, would you do if we had a, a chance if we had a mulligan you know what would you <laughs> do you know differently and uh yeah, a lot of people still ask me that, like, whatever happened, you know, and I'm like, eh, I, you know, I always say the funding ran out, it was expensive to run, you know, I don't really get too much into the details, because I don't know a lot of the details. Yeah, I mean, so the, the very simple uh, answer um, was, you know, 
the we didn't raise the money um, that uh, we needed in that first year. Um, uh, you know, Josh Newman was our was my lead investor. I'd known Josh for ten years. He's founder of CrossFit New York City, and um, and I had watched him grow that from you know literally workouts in Central Park in the summer to the corner of a jujitsu uh, facility to having his own space and growing that multiple times. And uh, when my wife turned 40, uh, he recommended, you know, a bunch of restaurants and bars in New York to take her on a special time. And uh, so I considered this guy a friend and um, turns out Mr. Newman is a criminal and uh, had been um, engaged in illegal behavior the entire time I knew him. And, 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 you know, he wasn't a big scale con artist, but he was definitely a con artist and he had this confidence game going and he was good at it. I had uh, several very sophisticated financial friends uh, talk to him and came away going, this guy is hundred percent legit. Yeah. And he said, I can raise this money for you. And I, it is no problem. And we are, you know, there's no issue getting this money by June. And he was lying to me. Like he literally at one point stopped me on the street. We were talking and walking and he looked me in the eye and he goes, I promise you, I have this money. You are fine. And he was lying to me. And I just, you know, I, I beat myself up over, you know, how do you get conned? How do you get scammed? And, um, it's, uh, and I just couldn't recover in time. We, we had taken a very, very aggressive approach um to starting the league uh you know we had our first potential team owner meeting in february and we had our first event in uh in madison square garden in august i mean that's an extraordinarily fast timeline yeah and we needed money and i was told i was it was there and it wasn't and uh now why do you think, do you think he did that i mean what was what was the benefit to him to to con you or uh, I, he, so he was, um, he was trying to raise the money okay. from other people while telling me he had it. Oh, I got you. So he was trying to be, he thought that he was, uh, I assume, I, I don't actually know. I have not spoken to him. Um, but, um, uh, I think he was, he thought he could, he could deliver, um, giving him the benefit of the doubt, but that that's probably not true. I don't know. This, what is, he, this is super interesting to me. And when I say that, I want, you know, cut me off if I get outside the boundaries of, um, you know, protecting other people. But at the 10 year plus affiliate gathering, I had occasion to chat with Hari Singh. Okay. For a few minutes. He told me a story like this without mentioning any names. So I don't, I, it's right now it's coming to me. This must be the same guy he was talking about at Cross. Yeah, they were business partners. Exactly. And so apparently there is some litigation occurring um, okay. with the authorities in the yeah. city of New York or the city of New York. I don't know. But uh, well, he, he was already, I mean, he was in jail. Newman went to jail. I don't know if he's still in jail or not. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he, he was just a, just a moderate size kind of petty criminal. And, yeah. uh, and look, I mean, um, uh, I've learned a lot, right? And and, and so um, DRL is a startup and uh, Nick Horbachevsky is the uh, founder of DRL. This is Drone Racing League, right? Yes, yeah, yeah the well, Drone Racing League. Awesome. And um, Nick, I met Nick, actually it turns out I had met Nick earlier, um, but um, I met Nick because uh, he was representing a potential investor group in Grit. And uh, he, um, uh, we got very close. Uh, he, the, the, uh, the, the main person he represented was uh, very interested. Um, and then things started to fall apart and, and, and it, we didn't close. But um, watching Nick raise money for DRL and all that, that, that goes on. I mean, it, it is so sophisticated and so layered and complex and 
I have so much respect and awe in a lot of ways of what goes into raising, you know, tens of millions of dollars to be able to, you know, pursue a business dream um, is, is incredible. And so in hindsight, um, again, you know, I, I thought I could trust him, uh, Newman, and, um, and, and that he was a friend and that a friend wouldn't lie like that. But, um, you know, in, it doesn't really matter. In hindsight, I should never have put all of my eggs or allowed one person to be, you know, one person doesn't deliver on what they say and the whole thing is, is failing. So that's on me. You know, I, I should never have done that. I should have had, you know, layers and backups and, you know, all of that. Um, fairness, it's easy to see how that can happen. And we've all done that. And that's the whole concept of a confidence game, right? They, right. they have confidence, right? So. Yeah. I mean, 10 years I knew him. Right. Um, so my tight is 2020, man. Don't be. Uh, so yeah, I know. But it, 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 it was, it was a very, very painful failure. Mm. Um, so, and so, uh, Stephen, the, uh, uh, one of the things that always struck me as ludicrous, if you will. So um, obviously, when uh, when the money ran out, when when we we couldn't continue with the season, uh, a lot of people were really upset, and 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 rightfully so. Um, and 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 I was asked to leave, and I did. Uh, what was funny to me is that uh, the perception was that uh, uh, the problem was I was a profligate spender and that uh, grid was fully solid in, in the way that it was. And we, everybody just needed to, to, to be more frugal. And that couldn't have been less true. Um, we didn't have enough money because we didn't raise the money. Um, uh, I started with a number and that number continued to be the right number the entire time. If I had raised that initial number, if Newman had delivered on what he said he was going to do, um, we would have been able to close out the round. And uh, we, I don't know what would have happened at that point. Right. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, there are a lot of things that can go wrong in business. There's a, especially something this complicated, this, this massive, cool. this involved. Uh, but it was not because we weren't, we were spending too much money. Um, it's, it's because uh, we didn't raise the money that we needed and we knew what we were going to, we knew what we were spending and we were, yeah. we were there. Like we were doing what we said we were going to do. Yeah. Um, but um, the, uh, you know, so, so what would I do differently? Well, one, I would try to raise the money in advance, obviously. And, and, and if I couldn't do that, then I would have done a very, very different uh, approach. And it's interesting because uh, I don't know if you remember that meeting in, in, in Golden uh, or Boulder, uh, Golden, I think it was, Denver. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't there for that. I oh, you were? Yeah. Okay. But Nick actually presented there. Um, we were trying to court him as the chief revenue officer and, um, you know, it, it's, uh, he, you know, he and I talk and he's like, if, what if you had found me instead of Newman, uh, at the beginning of this? Yeah. And, uh, I said, if I found you at that point, we'd be doing grid and not drone racing. Yeah. And he's like, you're probably right. Um, but, uh, but, but what we've done, what we did with drone racing and, and, and actually the, the failures of grid were, were a, a very, very heavy topic of conversation for us as we're starting DRL to, to not repeat, uh, to learn from the mistakes. And, but also, you know, there was a lot that worked, um, you know, creating a professional sport, getting teams together, getting the athletes and players together, um, pulling it all, um, you know, the 4,000 fans that were at Madison Square Garden were loving it. I mean, it, it, we did it, right? Like, we, we accomplished that. Yeah, there's um, a silver lining, right? Well, yeah, well, you know? I mean, it's just a fact, right? I mean, it is, it is, uh, it was a, it, it's a great sport, I think. And, and I don't say, I, I consider myself a, a, like a servant of the sport. Like, like, you know, like the, the, I, I've heard sculptors, I don't know if it's attributed to Michelangelo, but like, 
you know, there's a block and the, 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 the sculpture is inside the block. And as an artist, your job is to release it, right. not create it. And so that's kind of how I was feeling about the sport was that, you know, this, this has a natural expression and I wanted to, to find that natural expression and, 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 and let it come out. Um, but, uh, but, but so what, what we did with, with drone racing is so that the technology to do professional drone racing didn't exist in 2015. And so we created a series of, um, uh, first approximations and then very, very, very simple concepts and, and, then, and then slowly have grown that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a really sustainable, um, intense, but very sustainable growth pattern. So to answer your question, uh, Stephen, is t if I didn't have the money up front, which I didn't, uh, I, I would have, restructured the the approach um, and probably would have done uh, some kind of amateur uh, approach first to to get to get the awareness out there and then use that to 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 raise more money to be able to then bring it to the professional level that'd be my guess at this point but ideally, you know, you could sell the vision and, and, and raise the money in advance. And Yeah. Yeah. Like, so you're saying more like a grassroots type approach and just start off a little. Well, no, not necessarily grassroots. Uh, I mean, if you think about, um, I think there is an opportunity for grassroots grid. I mean, I think grid is a, is, is, you know, is a, is a really fun way to do a functional fitness competition for teams, um, without having, um, Again, you know, making it more fun, right? Not, 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 not a pure test of fitness. Um, but w what I would do is, is sort of stage um, competitions, you know, w w you know find, find athletes that wanted to do this, find some coaches that wanted to do this for fun. Yeah. Get, grab the media, you know, capture it with media, start to tell the story, you know, get more people playing it, but not – not from the sense of, so when you think about like, I think of CrossFit as a true grassroots organization where, you know, it started in a small gym in Santa Cruz. The information got conveyed out, got disseminated through various means. And one by one, people started doing it. And then that was actually the, the end game, right? The, the more people doing CrossFit, the more successful CrossFit was. And, and then it evolves from there. Um, the, the goal wasn't necessarily, or what I'm suggesting wouldn't necessarily be to like have grid be a grassroots organization and, and then figure it out. It would be to, to take, uh, the, um, uh, to, to find people who wanted to do it, not at a professional level for fun, and then use that to build the resources and backing and interest to then launch the professional side of it because because i mean that's a whole nother topic which we should maybe cover on a different day but uh you know the difference between grassroots and professional when it comes to functional fitness competitions yeah um i i yeah. think there go ahead no i'm just saying like the, the you know i i'd be honest with you i mean that was one of the things that i was kind of concerned about when we were having a meeting in vegas the amount of money and I know it's because you want like your whole purpose was make sure you take care of the athletes like you were you were actually looking out for the athletes you wanted them to be paid uh, there was a league minimum that they had to be paid and and I was I kept saying man we should just I, I guarantee you 90% of them would be here even if they didn't get paid if you just covered their expenses so we can try to get this thing to roll into year two year three it, but, you know, I admire the fact that you're like you're looking out for the athletes. You wanted them to, to get compensated. You wanted them to be considered a professional athlete. And if they're not getting compensated, they're not considered a professional athlete. Um, hindsight, you know, I mean, we, we, we could talk all day long about what, you know, what we could have done, what we should have done. But that yeah. was just one of my opinions that I had. Um, but I understood where you're coming from. Yeah, and 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 I think uh, 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 you know. So there's there was team uh, dynamics, team finances, league finances. You know that was all interconnected. Player finances, and um, 
uh, again, I think, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm so, you know, you will never know, right? What would have happened if we had raised the money, you know, that was promised. There was so and, much passion there, man. Between yeah. Between owners and, and, and the league, there was, and the players, there was really just so much passion, you know? You could feel the energy. When I was going to the combine, I went to the Atlanta combine. I was like, holy cow, man, this is serious. This was, you know, I mean, just all the testing that was being done, talking to the other team owners, the other coaches, it was pretty impressive, you know? Yeah, it was, it was, it was great. And, you know, we were close to some pretty big sponsorships um, and, you know, which is impressive given how, you know, little time we'd been out selling and, and how few people we had selling um, the uh, and, and look, if we had, if we had gotten through that first season with, with full funding um, again, as promised the uh, you know, and, and had landed a decent sponsorship title sponsorship, uh, you know, that, that, that could have built a momentum. I mean, and you're right. I think if, if that was happening today, uh, oh, you know, we'd be in a, we'd, yeah. we'd be in a very different scenario, but, but I think in a lot of ways we are where we are today yeah. because of the threat and what came out and, yeah. you know, and it, it shifted the dynamic, you know, um, <clears throat> tell us, uh, if it's okay to talk about it, like when you, when you put in your resignation to HQ, I mean, how did that go down? Were they, were they supportive? Were they, you know, was it like instantaneously you're the enemy, uh, <laughs> change the locks? Uh, no, no, no. It was, um, you know, it, 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 let's see, how do I phrase this fairly? Right. Like, um, let's just put it this way. So, so, so the interpersonal dynamics, uh, at the, uh, top level of CrossFit when I was there were complicated. Let's just say that. <laughs> and a lot of diplomatic as I've ever heard anybody explain. <laughs> but, but honestly, like there, there was really good stuff and there was really bad stuff and there was really crazy stuff and there was really inspiring stuff it was all there i mean it was really um you know one of the things that i think i've learned most profoundly from greg is that second you try to say it's this it's also it is that but it's also something else and um you know it just greg blew my mind so many times with being such a contradiction um, and having and him having no problem being a contradiction and uh, and and it just was uh, it, it was shocking to me at the time and and, and I'm a better person today because of it yeah. uh, you know um, it, there was definitely some challenges um, it started more amicably than it than it went yeah. um, uh, I think I think Grid put a lot of pressure on them from the standpoint of a lot of people were just saying, what do you think about Grid? What are you doing about Grid? How does this affect you? And they just kind of got sick of it, I think. Um, certainly makes sense if they did. And, um, uh, and, and they were definitely, there was an active uh, effort to prevent us from succeeding. It, it wasn't what it didn't, it wasn't, it didn't have an effect. Right. Uh, it, it was annoying at times. Uh, but, but I, you know, I had a very solid relationship with everybody there. Um, often contentious. Uh, in, in fact, that's one of the things, another thing that I really learned there is that, um, creative tension, creative disagreement, um, passionate debate uh and and even you know brawling not necessarily physically but but is can be good you know and and the fear of that and i think this is you know i don't want to go into politics but boy you talk about the fear of being around people who think differently or disagree with you i think that's the scariest thing that's happening in the country today yeah, um, yeah this whole uh, this whole idea that if somebody thinks different than you, they're your enemy, which is not true. 
I know it's, it's, and it's absolutely not true. And, and in fact, um, I really enjoy hanging out with people who disagree with me because it's shocking to me that they hold the opinion that they do. And I want to understand it so that I can understand my position better. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they have something that I'm not thinking of. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, anyway, so, so, um, so when I, when I left, it was, it was fine. Um, everybody understood, um, you know, there was, uh, there was definitely some, some, some challenges and, 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 you know, but it, it, it was, um, they were, everybody was very reasonable as I was leaving. Got a little bit unreasonable, but you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't, uh, I share texts or, you know, say hellos with, with most of them uh, these days. Not yeah. a lot of interaction, but. Sure. Maybe how, maybe how this recent, like the layoffs and stuff that with the media, the CrossFit media, I know you probably saw that, Tony. I hired a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah, you took you. You got some of your people from the CrossFit Media, I, right? Totally. I have a lot of people that I hired uh, working with me, directly or indirectly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Take advantage. Yeah, right. Wow. They're good people. I I hired them for the right reasons, and 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 hired them again. So, it's uh um, but um, no. I mean, I don't think there's any bad blood now. Um, no, I, I think a lot of things have. Uh, I know there. You know, I, I'll be honest. I mean. I felt the effects. Um, we had a couple um, athletes we were going to um, recruit and they backed out on me um, last minute because they obviously had pressure put on them. And it was funny because a lot of the pressure was coming from Pro Progenics. Is that the name of the company? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah was, I, I guess, uh, you know. Another they, company embroiled in controversy. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I, there's no hard feelings on my end, but, you know, I, I, I was doing level one certs at my gym. And after that, I kind of got the message of, hey, uh, congrats on your new position as head coach at the Miami Surge. Oh, by the way, we are no longer doing level one certs at your gym. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's, yeah. And, you know, is, is what it is. you got to expect stuff like that. You know, it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, um, uh, you know, the, uh, the first paragraph of, um, a self-help, very famous self-help book is life is difficult and it really is. And, uh, you know, when you step out and try to do something new, um, you're inevitably going to ruffle feathers and people are going to be unhappy about it. And, if your idea can't survive that, then that's yeah. just the natural law, right? I mean, um, yeah, no one, uh, no, nobody's out there protecting anybody else. And uh, I, um, I have a lot of sadness. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I have regret. Um, because I, I mean, I, I kicked myself for, for, for again, tying everything on one person, one person's word. Um, I regret that. Uh, but look, we, we were in it for the right reasons and we believed in it. And, and I mean, I still believe in it. Um, well, it likely won't happen to you again. Right. So that's a good thing. You know, you're going to be, you know, it, right? yes. Once bitten 75 times shy. Yeah. No, doubt. <laughs> no doubt. But I mean, that's, you know, that's like you said, that's a natural best part of life, right? Life isn't easy. And for reasons like that, I think. Yeah. No one's guaranteed anything. And, um, and that's why you need to hedge your bets and you need to, you need to have redundancy and you need to have backup plans. I just, I just didn't consider that you would mind to me. Yeah. Listen, that, that, there's uh, always that, that, uh, you know, fear that it, it could possibly happen no matter what, no matter what kind of business you go in with investors or shit happens, man. I mean, you can't, you can't beat yourself up over it. You know, it sucks, but I, I'll tell you, you know, 
it was a learning experience and it was a I'd say one of the, one of the most amazing events that ever happened in my life was when we when we played that match in Miami, um, and we we actually threw the extra point flag and we won the last race to take it from New York, who had all those star players, bro. Yeah, yeah. Thor's daughter. They had um, who's the games? Who's who won the games this year again? <laughs> I can't even remember his name. Uh, Matt Frazier. He was on New York's team. They had a lot of studs, man, and we uh, we beat it. And there was a lot, a lot of that had to do with the strategy of the way we ran our race. And it was funny because I was actually arguing with the players in the in the back room about how we were going to switch out on the overhead lunging uh, uh, kettlebell carries. I'm like, no, we have to switch because they're going to fatigue and they're going to fail and they're not going to be able to finish it. And that's exactly what happened to the other team. He tried to finish the whole thing, but. I'll tell you, if you Google that race, it's it's like the most uh, inspiring. It, it really is exciting to watch. But, you know, there was a lot of great moments, man. And and you didn't cut any corners. Everything was done you know, very professionally. It just shit happens, man. Your investor bailed. And I didn't really know. Honestly, I had no idea about the details. I just knew we ran out of money. And I just never never really got a straight answer. I'm glad we got you on here to kind of hear it directly from you, you know? maybe yeah. we could have a drone maybe we could have an intermission during drone racing mm-hmm. where they do a, a quick grid match and then the drones videotape it yeah <laughs> or the, drone, the drones could like shoot like nerf or something at paintballs at them or something while they play <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny you say that i remember when we were uh we were we were doing trying to come up with some creative stuff at the the original crossfit gym with uh you know, military guys and someone brought in a whole bunch of Nerf guns and uh, we're like, you know, yeah, you can do 40 wall balls in a row, but can you do 40 wall balls in a row while getting shot by Nerf guns with four <laughs> people? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know the answer was yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. Awesome. Cool. You ever, you ever have any more drone races down here at Joe Robbie Stadium? Make sure you let me know. All right, I will. Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a fun sport. Um, tell us, uh, let's wrap this up and just tell us how people can get in touch with you, Tony, some of the old people maybe yeah. haven't heard from you a while, so the new people that are interested in, uh, you know, drone racing or what you're up to right now, and how do we, how do we get a hold of you for our next pot? Well, we know how to get a hold of you. Right, exactly. <laughs> we definitely have you on again, so let us know how the people out there who are listening, how to get a hold of you to say hello. Sure. Um, uh, my email address, super secret, uh, tony.budding at gmail.com. Uh, never guess it. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's funny. I've been uh, – a few people who are doing uh, competitions have reached out, and it's been fun to talk to them about their vision and, and, and what they're doing. Um, you know, the media side uh, for, you know, in general is very complicated, and so there's a lot of people trying to figure out how to leverage the sport and, uh, and, and, and make it a media property or at least use media to support their local property. And it's a lot of interesting stuff going on. I think you'd be a great resource for the folks who are running the sanctionals now. You know, when you think about Wadapalooza, Granite Games, you know, what's, whatever the other ones are. Um, man, can you, like, if you're one of those people that's running that and it's getting bigger every year now, like, I'd be talk. I'd be reaching out to Tony. <laughs> if I was trying to run Wadapalooza or Granite Games or something like that, I'd be like, "Hey, Tony, the hell am I doing here, man? Give me some help." So, if if Tony wants to be reached out to, <laughs> well, I mean, look, I'm uh, I, I'm, I'm I, I love the sport and I love the uh, I, I I love bringing things to life. Um, I love seeing things succeed, and so um, you know, it's always interesting. I mean, I I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've been through the creation of three sports and, um, but, you know, it's been a while since I've done any programming and, uh, except for my wife and me. Um, yep. But, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, one of the things I would say, so when I, when I, when I talk to folks, I, I, th- there are, um, three main aspects right to 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 a successful event or three potential revenue opportunities participation spectators and media and uh and and they're all have their upsides and downsides and and 
you know, look at all three um, independently and then overlapping. And um, th there's a lot of potential. There's, there's a lot of risk, but there's a lot of potential. Sure. Awesome. Cool. So it was awesome talking to you again, Tony. It's been a little while. It's good to see you face. You look younger than ever. Yeah. So, thanks, Mike. <laughs> you uh, flattery will get you everywhere with me. <laughs> All right. Awesome. <laughs> Steven, thanks, man. And All right. uh, I'll get this posted up soon so everybody can listen. And we'll definitely have you back on again. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Yeah, it's I great chat with you, Tony. Take care, All buddy. Right. We'll be in All touch, right. man. Yay!